Hi, and thank you for listening to this message from Shepherd's Gate Church, located in Shelby Township, Michigan. To learn more about Shepherd's Gate and to access more content, visit sgatechurch.org. We're so glad to have you with us today. And uh, if this is your first time here, we want to warmly welcome you. And maybe uh, this is your second time here because maybe you came last week for our outdoor service right over here on our West Lawn and uh, you wanted to check us out a second week. So we're so glad that you're hanging with us. And if there's anything that we can do, please let us know. I'll be through those doors after the service. And if I didn't get a chance to meet you last week or you're new this week, I'd love to just uh, get to know you just a little bit. And thank you for joining us today. My name's Sim, and I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Shepherd's Gate. And we are in the middle of a three-part sermon series where we're looking at the Psalms. And the Psalms is an incredible book of the Bible, one of the 66, right kind of dab in the middle uh, of the Bible. When you open your Bible, usually oftentimes it'll just fall right on the Psalms. And one of the things that, that we like doing here at Shepherd's Gate is challenging people to read God's Word, to get into the Word, not just on Sunday when, when we preach or we teach about it, but also all throughout the week, because we just know that the word, God's word, is what has the power to change and transform your life. Amen. And sometimes an hour on Sunday is great, man. We come here and we worship and we get to see baptisms. We're going to be receiving communion today and all that God has for us to send us out and, and to face the week that he has for us. But we also have the incredible opportunity each and every day to allow God to speak to us. And the way he does that is through his word. And so because it's three weeks and there's 150 chapters in Psalms, this kind of makes sense, right? Just to break it up, 50 chapters a week. <laughs> now, well, last week you didn't have a screen. You know, the screens always help because when you hear me say it and then you can see it, then you know it really is being said. Because uh, someone tapped me after the service and they said, did you really say you want us to read eight to 10 chapters a day or eight to 10 verses? a day. And I was like, huh, I didn't think about that. Is that asking too much? Eight to 10 chapters. So then I did a little bit of research and I thought, you know, I'm going to find out what this is all about. I want to ask you this morning, what do you think the average person spends looking at media every single day or looking at a screen? Like how much time do we interact with screens? So I know there's a lot of different research, but the one that I found worldwide, worldwide, is that the average person actually spends six and a half hours looking at a screen every single day. And you have to admit, it's kind of ironic that I'm making you look at a screen right now, right? <laughs> and that I'm looking at two screens up here as I'm preaching. And then here's where you start getting into the nitty gritty of it. Out of the six and a half hours, people spend two and a half of those six and a half, guess on what? How did you know? Social media. I thought it would have been something different. So then I was like, okay, so I wonder how long it takes to read 10 chapters of Psalms. How long does it take to read 10 chapters in Psalms? What do you think? If you're a fast reader, you're a slow reader. It takes about 20 minutes. And I was like, 
maybe this is doable. Maybe this is possible. And if you've spent any time at Shepherd's Gate, I really, honestly, this is so heavy on my heart because I struggle with this because I'm so connected and I have so many screens and computers and things that I've tried to figure out ways to, to put breaks into my life, to have times that, that I actually purposely disconnect from even being able to be contacted. And so when my wife and I go on walks in our neighborhood because we have a dog and we have to walk the dog and we like spending time together, I don't take any of my electronic devices with me. She's got one of those really cool watches so the kids can call us if there's an emergency. But for me, that's one of those moments. I also started doing this uh, several months ago here at Shepherd's Gate. I just stopped bringing my cell phone into the worship space. I thought, what would that be like if I just don't have a cell phone? And so I leave my cell phone actually in my office. Uh, sometimes it drives my wife crazy because she'll come, you know, we have to be here early for rehearsal and she'll come later and I'll have like 10 text messages from her. And I have to say, honey, remember, I'm disconnected on Sunday morning. <laughs> and I wonder if anybody else would join me in that. Like, what are those moments? What are those times that maybe we can disconnect so that we can focus in on allowing God to speak into us. See, what's so incredible about the Psalms is that they're actually a beautiful collection of prayers, poems, and praises to our God. And even as you read, if you read some of these, and maybe you didn't do the you know, 50 chapters last week, maybe start this week and see how far you can get, or, or read into the point that something really speaks to you, and just read that over and over and over again, and meditate on it, and, and see how that impacts your life. A lot of the prayers, they get angry. Some of them are violent prayers. Some of them are just, you know, you can just feel the frustration as God is inspiring David and the other writers who put together the Psalms. What's also so interesting about the Psalms is that they're actually the top songs right from the Bible for the last 3,000 years. Did you know that? Almost most of the songs we sing in churches and that, and that we sing in any size church, in any denomination, in any flavor is really, they come from the words that are written in these 150 chapters. And so again, our desire is for you to be refreshed by the word of God. And that's where we left off last week. We went to the very first chapter in the very first verse of Psalms. And we read Psalm chapter one. And it's interesting that, that a book starts out by giving us a warning. And the warning that God gives us is, hey, there's all these things that are going to distract you. And there's these people that are going to that try to influence you in a negative way. And so you need to be aware of these three things. You know, don't, don't be around people that are mocking other people. And don't be around people that you know are doing things they shouldn't do. But instead, if you want to be a person that delights in God, be a tree that's planted by streams of waters that yield its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he or she does, they prosper. And the reason they prosper is not by any work of their own hands. The reason they prosper is because they're rooted by Almighty God. That God has produced faith in their heart and their life. And the Holy Spirit is the one that is washing over them and is in them and is through them and is compelling them into the life that God has called us with our time here on earth. And so our, really our key verse for the day, and if you have kids in our kids program, this is what they're learning right now. This is the key verse for them as well is, God, we give you thanks with our whole heart. Before the gods, we sing your praise. We want our lives to be of worship to you and adoration to you and thankfulness to you for all of the many blessings that you have in fact bestowed upon us. 
What's really cool as well is that our kids right now, not only are they being taught how to be thankful and how to praise God by their words, they're actually assembling teacher kits that we're going to be handing out at our next outdoor service to our school teachers. And so they're actually doing something physical in a tangible way to bless others. Well, I thought today we could just go to the last chapter. How's that sound? What if we just go to the very end? We go all the way to 150 and we see, since we started last week with how God starts Psalms, what if we went all the way to the end and we see how he ends Psalms? And this is what it says. Psalm 150, six verses says these words, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with the lute and the heart. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What do you think God's trying to tell us in these six verses? Anybody have a clue? Anything pop out to you? This is how I read scripture. I read it and then I go, huh, what do you got for me, God? Will this help? I wonder if he wants me to praise him. I don't know. And what does that look like for you? Let's be honest, sometimes we go through circumstances in life where we really don't feel like praising God. Sometimes we feel that we're doing everything according to his will and his plan. And all of a sudden something comes into our lives that's unexpected. Something that kind of sidelines us. And we start having these feelings and these thoughts of being abandoned by God. Or maybe even just angry at God. Sometimes let's admit it's our own doing. Maybe we fall away from the, from that habit of being in church and, and being around people and, and, and having people invest in us. Maybe it is just always filling our lives with so many other things than going to the word of God and letting God's word speak into our lives. It's like, we're always chasing after something else, something better. And it's so easy to make other things in this world, the gods that are before us. And yet God calls us back in his love and his grace and his mercy. He says, no, 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 come here. I created you. I love you. And I want you to praise me. And as we praise God, this is the crazy part of it. We not only praise God, but that God then bestows his blessings upon us. That all of a sudden, some of the cares and the worries and even some of the burdens that maybe we carry with us, all of a sudden, what it's doing is because we're lifting our voices and we're lifting our hands or we're clapping or whatever the case is, all of a sudden, there begins to be this change inside of us. And we begin to see just how awesome and incredible our God is. See, for me, whenever I'm getting stressed out and I just feel like I'm hitting a brick wall or there's too many things and I just can't keep up and I'm letting people down, I will get into my car 
and I will make sure that the windows are up and I will put on worship music and I will scream the songs at the top of my lungs because I'm a horrible singer. (laughs) And I know that why in that moment what's taking place. It's not for God, it's for me. It's for me to, to, to tell God in a way that I can just say, I don't even have the words, God. I don't even know what to pray. And sometimes I just, I'll just play a song over and over and over again. Say, God, I need you. I need you in this situation. I need to be released from the stress or the situation that seems to be a burden to me. What's so interesting about this verse is that in these six short verses of the last chapter, we actually learn where, why, how, and who should be praised. Did you notice that? Do you notice the first verse? It says, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. So the first place we're encouraged to pray is actually the gathering of God's people, that we make up God's sanctuary. It's actually not the building. The building isn't the church. The church is the people. And so whether we're in here or we're in our worship center or we're outside on the lawn or we go anywhere, that when we're gathered with God's people, he's encouraging us to sing out his praises to him. What's really cool is he said, sing it in his mighty heavens. And and these words here, they actually go back to Genesis when when God is creating the world and he's separating the the land from from the sky. And so you could make the case that this is when you're outside in nature, which is what we talked about last week, that you look around and you see all the beauty that God has created. And again, you put down the distractions and you put down the devices and you just begin to to recall a song in your head or you recall a scripture. Maybe you bring a Bible with you and you open up and you just meditate on a scripture and you begin to just see the release that takes place in your life. He also tells us why we should praise him. It's not because of our deeds not because of anything good we've done. It's because of his mighty deeds, because of his excellent greatness. It's because he's the one that sent his one and only son to this earth to live like we live, to experience everything that we go through, that ultimately he could go to a cross and he could stretch out his arms. And in that moment, have all of the sins of the world, including your sins and my sins, placed upon him that we could be forgiven, that we could live victoriously in a life and in a world that continues to go dark. We praise him. God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for what you've done for Lincoln this morning. Thank you for what you've done for every single one of us that you have given us faith and hope in you. We praise you. Let us never get sick of praising God for his mighty deeds. Now, here's what's really cool. It tells you how to do it, right? Ever wonder how to do it? Look at all the things mentioned. There's a trumpet in here. There's a lute in here. Anybody play the lute? There's a harp, a tambourine, dancing. Any dancers in here? I know some of you, I watch you during the worship. Like you, you get the beat of that song going, that hip starts going, right? That leg starts going. Do you know that's okay? It's okay to do that. Do you know what I, f- I found out last week? Or not last week. Uh, 
yesterday. Is this true that the Detroit Lions just sold out their season tickets? Is that true? How is that possible? <laughs> I'm dumbfounded by that. I literally dumbfounded by that. And yet people are talking about the Detroit Lions, aren't they? This is going to be their year. Did you know that, folks? I think sometimes people have more faith in the Detroit Lions than they do in Almighty God in heaven on his throne. Man, and what do people do? They will paint their faces. They will get dressed up. They will go and they will cheer on a team. They have no idea if they're going to be let down again this year. And yet again, God has all of these incredible ways for us to come together. And if you don't know the history of Shepherd's Gate, we're actually a relatively young church. We've only been around for 43 years. And the whole reason Shepherd's Gate was established was to have modern music and contemporary worship so that we could praise and honor God. And that's still part of our DNA here and even our approach to music and even the, the volume of things are designed so that you can hear yourself sing, that you can hear yourself and you can hear those around you singing the praise of God. One of the incredible things about Shepherd's Gate, people will often say this is a singing church. Am I correct? That people aren't afraid to open their mouths and open their voices and to praise God. And we get to have a drum set. I mean, that's the beautiful part. It says praise him with sounding cymbals and loud clashing cymbals. And how about our drummer this morning? Is she not incredible, right? I just learned this this week as I was reading through this, that during the time that they would play uh, or they would read these songs and they were actually songs uh, for the Jewish people, God's people at that time, and they would play these songs that most of the drummers were actually female. Did you know that? And how blessed are we that we have the best female drummer in the entire country here at Shepherd's Gate. I love it. Let's give her a hand again. Yes. Then it says, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Who do you think he's talking about there? Who has breath? Me and you. That the number one instrument that we have is ourselves, our lungs. That each of us have the opportunity then to express that to God. Dad's in the room. Can I challenge you? for a moment. They've done extensive research on singing in church and the value of, of corporate worship. And side note to all of this, you know, as we're going through this building project and we're looking at the, uh, you know, all the dynamics that take place when you build a worship space, uh, one of the things that's very critical in a worship space is actually the chair that you sit in. Did you know that? And so I happened to be on a call with our architect who for an hour and a half, I kid you not, explained how important the chairs that we pick are. Because if you have too less of cushion on the chair, it actually makes this crazy noise that nobody wants to sing. And if you have too much cushion on the chair, you'll hear yourself and nobody will sing. So you have to make sure that your chairs have the proper cushion and that your environment is created so that you can hear each other sing. Isn't that incredible? And yet it all goes back to
to God and how he's designed us to worship together. But dads, let me tell you this as well, because there's been some research done and why this is specifically on dads. I don't know. I guess we can dig into that at a later time. But they say for dads that have kids, that if you bring them to church, that's one thing. And dads continue to bring your kids to church. But if your kids look at you and they see that you're not singing, then the message that they receive is that you must not believe what's taking place, that you're kind of struggling with whether or not this is actually true or this is just something that you do as a family. Now, I get it. Singing's not natural for everyone, right? It's not something that, that some people feel comfortable doing. And I believe by God's grace and mercy that over time that you can develop this heart and this kind of posture toward God. Here's what I would say about praise is that it's active. It's not passive. It actually involves our whole being. Again, our key verse that we give thanks to the Lord with our whole heart, that before all the gods, we sing the praises of God. And what if it was as easy as this? What if we started this way? Listening. Just listening to the words and reading the words and seeing what it is that, that we're being challenged to sing in our worship services. What if then the next step would be meditating on those words? To look at them and say, okay, what do these words mean? What do they really mean? And which of these words are actually speaking to me? Which of these words do I really need to connect with this morning and sing out to God? And of course, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. It's kind of incredible as our mission team is actually leaving this afternoon. We have a team of 14 people that are leaving for Africa and they're going to be going to South Africa, Durban, Durban, South Africa to work with a kid's choir, thousands of kids in an impoverished area. And the leaders of this organization, Dan and Rachel Smithers, one of the key ways in which they get kids to be part of their organization is by putting them in the choir. Now, Rachel, she's, an, she's a trained and incredible singer and gifted singer. And she takes kids that have no musical training and she somehow makes them sound the most beautiful choir you've ever heard on the planet. She works so tirelessly with them, her and her team, and how, be, how they begin to pour into these kids and help them connect with God through something as simple as their voices. So I just encourage you to be in prayer for the team as they leave today and they'll be gone for the next 11 days. They come back on, on August 15th. But I can also tell you this, that our church also partners with another country called Belize, Central America. And I've had the opportunity to go and to visit Belize. I know many of you have been on these trips. And I can tell you that in Belize, singing is very, very difficult. They are not good singers in Belize. That's probably why I feel like I fit in so well down there. <laughs> they don't have trained singers. They don't have trained people. But you walk into their church service and guess what they're doing? Belting out the praises of our God. Their whole heart invested in this and singing the praises of almighty God. Maybe you're wondering what this church is all about. You know, sometimes people call churches clappy, happy churches. Did you notice the team this morning was trying to get you to clap your hands? Or some of you are like, no, that's not me. I'm not doing it. In fact, you bring two cups of coffee into the worship center. God's the one compelling you to clap your hands, to shout to God with cries of joy. 
And even sometimes I think for some of us, even more than that, even clapping our hands is this one, is that I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Why do people raise their hands in worship? Is that just because they're from a different church background? That's what they learned? Like, why would God encourage you if you're so moved to lift your hands in worship of him? What posture does this communicate? Interesting, huh? When someone points a gun at you, what do you do? Growing up, when my older brother would walk into the room, every single time I would do this because I didn't want to get beat up again. Right? There's just something about surrender and surrendering to God. And here's the thing. All of those things and all the scriptures, and as you read the Psalms and you're going to see these things pop up over and over and over again, all of those are to help us, to facilitate us, to move us toward God so that our hearts are stirred and that we connect with him. Do you have to sing? No. Do you have to clap? No. Do you have to lift your hands? No. What is God after ultimately? Our hearts. He wants to connect with you. He loves you. And he's calling you to himself. And again, we're so glad that you're here with us today. So what if we went back to that second song that we sang this morning? What if we just looked at those words again? And this time we just kind of slowed it down and we just purposely kind of just let these words sink in this morning. Come all you weary. Anybody tired this morning? Last night at 3 a.m., one of our smoke alarm batteries decided to die. My wife's going on this trip to Africa. I didn't hear it, but she woke me up and I said, honey, I have to preach tomorrow. And she ended up not getting any sleep last night and I ended up not getting any sleep last night. And thankfully, we figured out how to fix the thing without ripping it out of the wall. I'm a little weary this morning. Well, man, I'm going to praise God. What about being thirsty? Coming to the well that never runs dry. You can drink of the water where you come and you thirst no more. Because it's Jesus that gives you his life. It's Jesus that gives you his presence. How about this? Come all you sinners. Anyone screw up again this week? Anybody say or do or think something you probably shouldn't have and you knew in that moment it was wrong? Come and find mercy. Come to the table, Holy Communion. He's going to satisfy you. You get to taste another sense this morning. Taste of his goodness. You will find what you're looking for in life. Bring your failures. How about your addictions? Slay them at the foot of the cross. 
And God, once again, in his grace and his mercy, gladly receives them from us because he is the one who is waiting, not like this, not some kind of angry God. No, he comes to us with his arms open wide, gladly receiving us in, taking our sins again from us, realizing that, that sometimes we get ourselves in these dry spiritual passes. And guess what? He has the ability to once again fill us and to strengthen us and to encourage us as we walk through life. Amen? So as this morning, as we prepare our hearts to receive Holy Communion, and again, if you're new here at Shepherd's Gate, we invite all of you to the table of the Lord if you believe that Jesus is your Savior and you've been baptized. We would love to have you join us this morning. But our practice here at Shepherd's Gate is actually to bow our heads and to close our eyes. And if you would do that with me this morning. And the reason that we do this is so that this is our one-on-one -on -one time with our Father. It gives an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak directly to you without any distractions because when your eyes are closed, it's just you and him. And in this moment, Heavenly Father, we do ask, whether we're here in person or we're watching online, convict our hearts. God, give us the boldness and courage to once again confess our sins to you as you've instructed us to do. And that by your grace and your mercy, that you'll take them from us and instead you'll give us your forgiveness and your peace. And so we pause now to confess our sins to God. We hope this message was helpful to you today and we welcome you to join us live in person or online every Sunday. If you're interested in accessing more on-demand content, please visit sgatechurch.org.